1: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber, Jim Cramer. Uh, Futures have slid into the red, as Andrew said, after the worst opening day of the year for the Dow in several years. Uh, Watching the Georgia Senate runoff, of course, UK lockdowns and a slew of analyst moves on names like Uber, Coke, Micron, Airbnb and more. Our roadmap begins with Wall Street's rocky start to 2021. The Dow and the S&P suffering their first decline to start a year since 2016.
2: Plus, the NYC is about face. The stock exchange saying it will no longer delist three Chinese telecom giants. That was a plan announced just four days earlier. And there is a leadership transition at the top of Qualcomm CEO Steve Molenkoff retiring. The company's current president set to take over. Both will join us exclusively later this morning. Carl. All
1: right, guys, it's uh, good to be back together as a team once again. It's been a, been a week or two. Uh, Jim, I know you've said... Uh, the number of analyst moves this morning is pretty remarkable. Question is, is that what's going to move the narrative today or is it more macro things like Georgia?
3: Well, I think that the tenor of what Squawk Box had, the people who talked about Georgia, all seem to think that there could be an upset. Uh, but isn't that maybe why things went down yesterday? I do think that there is a lack of acknowledged by many people who come on who are macro, who do not understand that the micro, the individual stocks that are driven by research, it's almost all positive. And we're about to go into earnings season. So we have a political risk. We have a vaccine risk. But we have an earnings reward. And David, when I look at what's going on with earnings and what analysts are doing, it's raised, raised, raised. So as the market comes down, maybe retest the low yesterday, I think it's going to bring in buyers. And that could change the tenor.
2: Uh, Well, multiples are certainly at levels that we have not seen in a long time. So your point being that actually we're going to follow through here, that, that those who've sent these stocks up to these levels are going to be rewarded as a result of earnings being higher than anticipated, Jim?
3: Yes. I, both David Costin, who talks about being uh, uh, too low right now on earnings estimates around the street, who believes there'll be greater uh, price-to-earnings multiple. Now, we know that, that could. some people think that's a greater fool theory. Mike Wilson this morning talking about the party, not being uh, disingenuous, just saying, look, there's a lot of people who want in. A lot of people are chasing momentum, and that tends to work. Now, we could all sit back, David, and say, you know what? That's just wrong, but that isn't what matters. We, it doesn't matter to the market that it's wrong. What matters is there's a lot of money on the sideline waiting to come in, and it's going to come in. And that's what I'm looking for.
1: Uh, Jim, what's a good example of that in terms of the analyst calls today? We do have a double upgrade of Micron over at City. Uh, they say it's expensive, but in their words, it's uh, time to go long the Cron. Is that what you're talking about?
3: Well, precisely, Carl. Now, I have to tell you, uh, Daley, who is a very good analyst, is someone who's caught a lot of these cycles. And you know what? I hate this call. Why do I hate the call? Because thanks for nothing, the stock was at 46 at the end of October. But the analyst is kind enough to be able to say, you know what, I've been late. But once you get DRAMs going, and that's a major part of Micron, once you get NAND, uh, which is Flash going, there's really kind of, let's say, no stopping in Micron. And holy cow, they report Thursday night. Do you want to not be on the Micron train? You know, I just think all the world's going to be chiming in. By Micron, Buy Micron. It's that simple, Carl. It really is. That's <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, I, I, tell you, I tell you, Jim. I made there's the there's the upgrades and the downgrades. The price target increases are really too numerous. We're not going to get through all of them today, uh, but it's everything from Viacom <laughs> to Disney to Chipotle uh, to Pins. Uh, so. Uh, Your point's a good one, although what happens if we get some of these Georgia returns? And as Goldman says, uh, the Democrats have more of a toss up uh, potential versus the less than 20 percent potential of taking both seats that we saw after Election Day.
3: Well, I think it's entirely possible people say, wow, all of a sudden we may have government uh, as opposed to gridlock. Gridlock, obviously better than true government. Uh, There might be some people who say, you know what, you got to sell. Uh, you got to take profits. And then you mentioned the Uber call earlier today, uh, Deutsche Bank going to street high. Is that really impacted? Is it impacted by what happens in Georgia? For the growth analyst, the answer is absolutely not. The Georgia election, what an opportunity. And you know, these people are not focused on politics. They're focused on individual stock picking. I think we have to reorient ourselves in 2021. And, David, you know this. You, when you talked about that great Qualcomm break this morning, yeah. you know that people are now talking about individual stocks. That's different. They're not talking about, hey, growth stocks. The analysts who come on who talk about, hey, growth stocks, they're missing the point of what happened last year. They're missing the point about what 2021 is about, which is individual stocks. We've got to stop thinking about ETFs in giant sectors. It's not playing out. And we know some of that is the Murray men, David. The Murray men don't care.
2: The Murray men, as you turn them now, I like that, of course, a play on Robin Hood and the, and the new, what, 10 million accounts, really stunning, that were uh, added last year, guys, uh, of really right. what is a cohort that's stuck with this market uh, and, to Jim's point, has been picking stocks as opposed to uh, just investing more broadly, although that's been going on as well. Guys, when it comes to uh, individual companies, did want to come back to that news that uh, we mentioned at the top of the hour. Of course, Steve Malenkov will be departing as the CEO of Qualcomm uh, in June of next year to be replaced by the company's current president, Cristiano Amon. He's also been there for about 23 years. Uh, Molenkoff about 26 years, both men engineers. But what's surprising, Jim, of course, is you know, I mean, i talked to Malenkoff, and we will again later on uh, in the program through so many difficulties. It really is unbelievable what that guy's dealt with. And I've said that. I mean, whether it was the antitrust challenges around the globe, you know, places like South Korea or dealing with issues in China early in his tenure, uh, the fight with Apple. Oh, man. I mean, that went on for years, finally got <laughs> resolved. The FTC case, which went against them initially and then which they won resoundingly in the appeals court, kind of uh, solidifying their case for their business model, being competitive. Uh, Broadcom making a hostile bid. NXP not happening because of the Chinese antitrust regulator. I mean, it goes on and on. Finally, Jimmy gets to the promised land, to quiescence, to a year where the stock goes up enormously, and it's just about 5G in their future. And he says, that's it, I'm done.
3: John Elway, not the John Elway its in the news right now, but he's going, look, here's what he's going to say to you, or he should say to you, because, you know, we both like him, is, I'm going to Disney World. I mean, this guy has, he's gotten there, David. All the litany that you just described, that is game after game after game, playoff loss, playoff loss, playoff win. He's done. <laughs> and Cristiano, you know, he's always told you, talk to Cristiano. Of talk- course, Cristiano, Brazilian, fantastic. I got a lot of Brazilian relatives. I was trying to find a bunch of Kramers down there. Who goes to me? Cristiano. Cristiano's just playing to me the virtue of 5G. It is time for Molenkoff to declare victory at the top of his game. Look at that stock. That's Molenkoff's chart. My congratulation to Steve, a quiet,
2: mellow man who took on everyone and won. Yeah. And perhaps even most importantly, through that all, Carl, his supporters will say he also invested more in the business, spent what increased spending another billion there. And that is what they are now reaping the benefits of uh, at Qualcomm, which, of course, is an engineering culture there. Um, it's still kind of shocking though, to hear a 52 year olds who are stepping down. And by the way, you know, again, <laughs> we'll see. I remember when Donahoe did that and he did, he left eBay for a while, but then he showed up again at service now. And now he's CEO of Nike. But in this case, at least the people I'm speaking to will hear from Malenkov directly really indicate he's just ready to go fishing or go take a long walk. A lot of long walks. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, Carl, he's
1: you're not even that much younger than him. I mean, you know, this is young. Uh, uh, I'm right behind. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's something. And, and David, it sort of brings to mind the other uh, personnel changes that we're seeing today. Monica Lozano is going to join the board of Apple and Gary Cohn a moment ago uh, tweeting that he's going to join IBM as vice chair, Jim.
3: Yeah, well, this is, I know, shocking to people for Gary Cohn. Gary Cohn has a SPAC that he's working on, uh, and I know he's not moving away from that $830 million SPAC, which he's uh, Cohn-Robbins, which I know that David knows uh, Cliff Robbins very well. But I think that this is a really interesting move. Why? Because IBM is becoming a different culture, but they need help in changing that culture because they're spinning off. This dramatic spinoff of the managed service business, which much slower, going to hybrid cloud, AI, much more the root of Red Hat, and Arvind Krishna asked him to come on. Why? To tell the story better and to shake up the culture. David, you know that Gary Cohn uh, shook up culture on the trading desk at Goldman, obviously went to the White House and tried to shake up the culture there. But I think this is a sign that maybe... IBM wants to be brought up in the Times and be part of a consideration that maybe it should be, which is about the cloud, which we think about as an alphabet, which Google, we think about Amazon Web Services, we think about Azure. IBM wants to be thought about. They're in the room, and they want to be thought about. Don't forget, IBM, David, has a huge banking business, which wants to be on-prem Uh, always, because they think it's safer. Look, I think it's an exciting move. Uh, Exciting move for IBM, because Gary can be a change agent. Exciting (laughs) move for Gary, because while he's got his back, you know what? Vice Chairman, not on the board, David, not on the board, but Vice Chairman can be Arvind Krishna's, uh, let's say, sounding board for a company that needs a sounding board to be able to tell the story of its reinvention and beat the Bears, whether it be Lisa Ellis at Moffat Nathanson or, of course, Chanos who has really said that this is just a pile of financial engineering. Let's see what Cone does. But I think the stock might react positively.
2: All right. And But meanwhile, he is going to stay. I mean, Cone Robbins, his, he's the first name on the on the door there. He's going to stay yeah. with the SPAC. They raised $720 bucks. Now, a lot of that, I have to say, is not on Gary. It's really, you know, people believe in Cliff, uh, given his returns over the years uh, in running his his fund. But he's going to stay with that. How do you do that? How do you? Absolutely. How are you vice chairman of a public well, company, th- but you're all, well, I mean, not, I mean, there are others doing it, I guess, but he's going to stick with the SPAC as well. That's what he said in that tweet, right? Yeah.
3: Primary interest in the SPAC. Secondary as a sounding board for Arvind Krishnan, again, who brought him in. Got it. Uh, Does he have a lot of bandwidth? I've always thought he's had a lot of bandwidth. I, I think that, that it's, it's interesting, David, as we go over the culture of IBM, a lot of us think Uh, Well, a lot of the critics think it's really 1970s, 80s corporate. Uh, Gary can shake that up. Now, Carl, the one thing that I think people are going to say is if you want to shake it up, why are you bringing in a financial guy? Uh, shouldn't you bring in someone who's from outside that world? I would tell you they've got him. They've got Jim Whitehurst. They brought him with Red Hat. That was an Arvind Krishna deal. But you know what? People don't think much of this spinoff. It's a $19 billion spinoff that is going to raise the profile of the faster part. The dividend is going to stay the same between them. But, Carl, I think that... It's going to be puzzling to people why Cohn, doing this back, is now vice chair. The answer is I don't think vice chair is going to be a huge time commitment, but I do think that Gary can be used to say, for Christian to be able to say, I want to do this, Gary. Will it change things? They need someone outside. Definitely a uh, curious act unless you know Gary and you know Arvin. I think it's a nice marriage for both
4: of them.
1: Yeah, Uh, well, that's something, obviously, tech has had to balance, Jim, that that mix of finance knowledge and engineering knowledge. And we've seen some companies, at least from the street's perspective and opinion, that have uh, maybe had a bit of an imbalance, and it's cost them.
3: Yeah, look, uh, is IBM like – I mean, one look at the chart says no. Does IBM deserve more respect? Well, when they did the spinoff, which they said is 18 months, and that's that spinoff of the managed services – it was not correctly articulated, I believe. it's articulated on mad money. And I think Arvin Christian is definitely right in the direction. But the articulation to the street, uh, and you could say that Chano's is right, financial engineering, uh, wasn't, I think, as, as clean as it could have been. Is Gary going to be uh, dressing up a pig? Absolutely not. I think it's the opposite. I think IBM is a gem iconic company, but that's not coming across. Is that Arvin Christian's fault. Arvin is a hands-on operator. Gary can help him articulate the story and at the same time, look, he's vice chair. He can kind of say what he wants. He kind of say, listen, you got to get rid of this. You got to do that. Uh Natch Made in Heaven. Well, I don't know. How about this? Uh, How about the stock needs something?
2: Is it David, the stock needs something? Yeah, it does. Uh, is it a full-time job? It's not even a full-time job, is it? No. OK. Oh, no, no not at it's all. It's just sort of as come a matter of fact, I would point out, hang out. Eggs. Well, I don't know. Hang out. <laughs> but hang out. Walk around. Go to a to bit, and, well, yeah. Nobody he's goes to, go the to the office anymore anyway. So I guess Zoom with people and just. All right. I mean, he, yeah, well, he's obviously yeah. he tried. Listen, he uh, Wells Fargo didn't happen for him. I mean, he's not the CEO. His hope of being obviously Goldman didn't happen for him as CEO. So that's over and done with. So he's got this part time and then he's got this back.
3: That's the way I look at it. Uh, We want to see, will he be on the conference calls? I don't think so. Will he help articulate the story? Yes. Is the story better than the stock? Absolutely. But, David, um, I think that a lot of people are going to look at it the way you did, which is uh, hang out at the Masters, use those great tickets, and I think that is uh, demeaning <laughs> to him and demeaning to IBM, albeit uh, 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 the spin that may a lot of people may have, David. I, I mean, love the vice chairman jobs. You know, Those are great spin. jobs,
2: Carl. That's what I'm hoping for a few years from now. Vice chair. You <laughs> be, vice chairman of what? So it's just what whatever. The I, I mean vice chairman. Hey, vice the chairman, Jets? how are you? Yeah. The Jets.
1: <laughs> the the vice chair up, of David. the Jets.
2: The Jets. I'm vice chairman <laughs> of the we, Jets. We're, we're, oh.
1: We're going to float that trial balloon, uh, guys. We're going to get uh, our viewers as many of these names today off the off the sell side uh, analyst calls as we can. Meantime, the Georgia Secretary of State says the uh, the Georgia runoff results should be known by Wednesday morning. Obviously, big implications for the markets. Futures are red. We're back in a moment.
2: Hey, it's time for a mad dash. Why do one stock when you could do like four?
3: Well, I'm using it, say, David, as a kind of a metaphor, uh, if not a simile. Yes, alphabet. The price target raised dramatically. Morgan Stanley 1880 goes to 2050. The stock obviously is much lower than that. Uh, there could be a, a nice gain if this is true. Now. But, David, they look at all of these and the, I'd say the sum of it is this is the way people shop. In Alphabet, they believe will be more ads. Uh, Facebook, by the way, I think is very good at small business. Pinterest has drawn a lot of interest from companies trying to reach uh, kind of a, reach a, a boutique audience, but w- worldwide. And you know what? I had, I spoke with Marty Musey yesterday, He's the CEO of Paychecks. He has a lot of new clients. Well, in a time of what many people could think is a collapse of the economy, what are, who are the new clients? They're online companies, and they need to advertise online. All of these companies that we just focused on are beneficiaries. And don't forget, I like to focus on Alphabet because they have done so well with travel advertising. But David, who's advertising for travel when we're not going anywhere? How about the fact that we might have a vaccine? And if we do, people will go
2: away again. All right. I'm sorry. Meaning what, though, Jim, for these names? Well, I mean, I think that there's been a dearth of
3: advertising from uh, offline mm-hmm. that can go online. Uh, I also think that we are really beginning to see this, uh, I'd say, a a, a whole wave, almost a revolution of new companies that don't look or believe in brick and mortar, but they have to advertise. And every one of those companies is a way to reach people, Snap, reach younger people, Pinterest, reach hobbyists, Facebook, reach small, medium-sized business, and Alphabet, reach the uh, online travel so, uh, companies, which have just really shied away from advertising. Plus, the Alphabet, David, as you know, is a cheap stock based on earnings because a lot of people feel, you know what, it hasn't truly been able to monetize what it has. Especially, I think they're doing a lot in the cloud. That is not really the focus of this uh, note. Uh, 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 But I do think that the note makes a lot of sense because this is a group that a lot of people feel has just been biding time after a big run. And maybe it can recharge. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I would look at these stocks as being, David, the tell, the stock that matters is
2: alphabet. That's what I'm looking at. Hmm. Okay, I'll remember that. We got an opening bell. Checkmark recovery. Yeah, maestro over there. we got an opening bell just a few minutes away. Stay with us. Let's go.
1: Future is still looking a little bit soft uh, here on this Tuesday morning, although China shares, Jim, uh, did get a boost. Some say it's because the NYSE has reversed this decision uh, to delist three telecom giants over there, Unicom, Mobile, and uh, China Telecom. It's going to be interesting, Jim, to see what reasoning they they give. They said it was in light of further consultation with relevant regulatory authorities.
3: Oh, yeah, I, I thought it was curious, but you're absolutely right, Carl. Here we go. Uh, this is, I think, the beginning of China, by the way, uh, back to where it was before the pandemic of, of some sort of thaw where there is a recognition that if you do something that's positive with China, uh, president a little distracted with the Georgia situation. You're not going to get a thumb in your eye from a tweet. I think right now, let's say the president were more focused on um, uh, on China and less on Georgia. I think that the NYSE w- would be, uh, let's say, uh, blasted, blasted by a series of tweets from the president. But he seems a little distracted. Uh, I know it's probably in terms of pecking order, might, might be, uh, say, uh, Georgia, they, like the vaccine. I know David's focused on the vaccine. Uh, And and then China. But this is a very big deal that is not going to be able to be rebuked by the president. So uh, the way you want to play China, by the way, is with J.D. missing Jack Ma. Jack Ma ran afoul of the of the entire banking edifice, which is run by the PRC. David, Jack Ma is missing,
2: I believe, because he tackled the banking system. I'm going to get to that in a little bit, Jim, uh, in terms of Jack Ma. Let me just say really? right now, and I'll no explain, Moss. I'll explain no later. Moss, David. He's not missing. He's not missing. Not uh, Moss. Sorry. I, no. we, we're going to get to it later. You found we will. Him? Uh, no, he's not missing. Um, you found him. Jim, um, you know, there is a connection between the Georgia race and the NYSE. You know that, right? <laughs> okay, I'll play. Come on. I'll play. Come on. Sprecker's wife Loffler's is Kelly Loftner. Loffler. Sprecker's the sent. CEO of ICE. Jenny's ICE owns the NYSE.
3: I was going to say, Loeffler, I don't know the trading record. Andrew had a piece. Now, I used to run the, uh, I used to manage Senator Al Gore's money. Senator Gore came to me and he said, listen, I can only own cash. Nobody in Congress should be able to trade. Nobody. But we got some pretty, interesting, I don't know, how was the, did, did uh, Loeffler get any of the allocations, say, for Snowflake? I I know that Frank's coming on. Frank
2: Slootman. Yes. You sure? I have no idea. I was just pointing that out because you said in terms of China. Listen, our relationship with China is going to be extraordinarily important. It continues to be. It will. uh, It's unclear, Carl, how much it's going to change under a Biden administration. But to to Jim's point, perhaps the heat will be turned down a bit and you won't be getting tweets uh, out of nowhere that sort of change people's view of the situation. But overall, We still do seem to be diverging in terms of two sort of economic systems and our approach in terms of uh, within the world itself.
1: Yeah, Uh, we will see. And we're likely to get a a U.S. trade rep uh, who speaks Mandarin. Uh, Bits of color like that uh, could make some difference at the margin, perhaps. Uh, Here's a a look at the uh, opening bell and the breath. I am curious, David, on, on your stuff on Ma, because... Big piece, for example, on Good Morning America this morning, yeah. arguing that he is, in fact, missing.
2: Yeah, he's not. Um, I mean, you know, I've made some calls on this, as you might expect. And uh, as our viewers probably know, I you know, uh, haven't seen Jack Ma in quite some time, but I've interviewed him any number of times. Obviously, we also d- talked to, oftentimes to uh, Joe Tsai uh, as well, of course. Uh, and what I can tell you is this. Uh, he's very likely in uh, Hangzhou. Uh, which is the head, uh, where headquarters, of course, Alibaba is. Uh, he's no longer, you know, sometimes we forget, no longer involved with either one of these uh, companies. Uh, well, he's no longer involved with the management of, of Alibaba. Um, he is being less visible purposefully, uh, and you can expect that that will continue to be the case for some time. He ran afoul of the, as Jim just said, the, the government, the PRC. You know, he's pushed on that line a number of times in the past. And been OK. And I pointed this out in our coverage of it last week and the, and the week prior in terms of some things that he did that that uh, certainly aroused some some ire uh, in, uh, in amongst the government, whether it was showing up with Trump, at Trump Tower in 2016, four years ago, almost exactly during the transition or a couple of other things. But the October 24th speech just went too far. Uh, and like a lot of uh, uh, people there, he understands when you have to sort of, as it was explained to me, lay down and roll over. Uh, and kind of, uh, you know, just say, no, I, I'm not, you're not going to hear from me. And so that is the case. Is he not going to show up to things? Yeah. Is he not going to put himself in any position where he's going to be speaking? Yeah, he's not going to do that. Could be months. Um, but it doesn't mean that he's missing. Uh, he, he may be not showing up, but he's not missing. He hasn't been captured. He hasn't been taken. Uh, this is not a Chairman Wu situation. Of course, Monbang, nothing like that. Remember, his his... Uh, you know, he is the most well-known businessman in China. Um, he stands for innovation and for growth and a lot of things there. He is committed in that country to, uh, to trying to give back. He certainly has been, at least in the many conversations that we've had about it, very serious about it. And I'm told he's going to continue to focus on that uh, and that there is no expectation that the government is going to move on him in some way. We'll see what happens with Ant. Um, whether they go to a holding company structure of some kind and are able to piece back together their hopes for an IPO at some point, let's call it many months from now, but perhaps this year. And at some point, I would expect we'll hear from uh, Jack Ma again. But to say that he's missing, Carl, I guess is, you know, I took that as, well, <laughs> Was he been taken away somewhere to an undisclosed site by the government? No, that's not the case.
3: Dave. David.
1: Well David, it's going to have one thing you Go just ahead, mentioned
3: uh, that's that's great news right that's great news because uh, I regard him as a patriot for China but a fantastic innovator, someone who has just been breathtaking and in, in being a terrific capitalist but David isn't the problem ant if ant wins then the entire banking system could be called into question. I always regard and as a combination, of, say, Robin Hood, PayPal and a lot of Visa. It could be anything, but it does challenge the authority's edifice of finance. David, how do you get around
2: that? Well, it's difficult. And, you know, it's funny because they had checked every box, I'm told, again, with the government. Uh, and it really was the speech that he gave that changed everything there in terms of the approach. And it, it's stunning to just go back because we were talking about what was going to be the largest single IPO of all time. Obviously, it was not taking place here. It was taking place in Shanghai, in Hong Kong. But uh, it was going to be the largest single IPO of all time. And then it was over. And, and the business model of the company has is, is potentially changed in a fairly dramatic fashion in terms of the government clamping down. To your point, Jim. But it doesn't mean, you know, the Chinese also are walking a fine line here in terms of not stifling innovation, keeping the uh, keeping the economy growing in a significant way, but making sure that their authority is not challenged. Uh, I don't know how they're going to uh, hmm. sort of restructure Ant uh, to to be back in the good graces of the government and regulators. And obviously, Mr. Ma is not going to be heard from what we'd expect for quite some time. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, but I think you can still expect that it is still going to be a potential growth company and one that is innovating, although it is going to be prevented from pulling on some important levers for that growth.
3: Stocks going higher then Carl. People are really worried here. I, I think that the. Uh, comments that David made about where did he go uh, made people feel that Alibaba is next to be challenged. I I don't know. Alibaba's a fantastic company. If, if Jack Ma is just laying low, not being in that uh, shark tank for Africa, uh, not doing uh, anything that is poking a finger in the eye, a la what Trump did with China, then I think the actual company is going to be safe again. And that's what caused the stock to drop. I mean, Carl, there's a belief that perhaps capitalism is going to be reversed by President Xi. What David's uh, scoop tells me is, no, it's just that don't challenge the authority in front of everyone. Don't give a speech that questions the authority. President, she's way too powerful to do that. Yeah. So, look, this is good news for Alibaba. And I think that it's also good news from the, uh, the New York Stock Exchange. Wouldn't we love to know whether President-elect uh, Biden? Uh, is someone who's talked with the exchange because I think President-elect Biden very much wants to get off on the right foot with China because right. a lot of the so-called China stocks, Carl, are doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Well, um,
2: sorry, Carl. Go uh, ahead.
1: Yeah. The, no, I was going to say, David, in addition to your reporting, I mean, you couple that with, for example, JD this morning, uh, Stiefel goes to buy a 105, and they just continue to talk about the ongoing presence and growth of online retail in China. Ten percent compound uh, for really the next few years, in their view. So uh, you put that together with lessening tensions, uh, big founders not going missing, and there's a bit of a bull case.
2: Um, you know, interestingly, Jim, you got this email as well from Eunice. We've been blacked out in China. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's hey, amazing. It's, uh, they got they have well, quite some capabilities, still- don't they? Just President Xi. Yeah,
3: uh, I get the bulletin from my friend yeah. John Ellis about uh, uh, well, but President Xi apparently you know, made yeah. some pretty tough talk about to the military. They went from being let's not have a crisis to being let's be on a uh, full, uh, full alert. I mean, you know, uh, full alert, full time combat readiness from President Xi. I don't know. I mean, this guy's really establishing himself ahead of uh, President-elect Biden. Now, here's the question, Carl. Does the presidency look at what's happening in our country and try to take advantage of what a lot of people would feel is chaos? I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he's a great worldwide leader. Uh, probably looks at what we're doing and thinks, you know, Carl, maybe uh, President Trump ain't going anywhere. And you could argue that that would be the view of the president, right?
1: Am I wrong, Carl? I mean, Where's going? Well, I assume we're going to get an answer to that uh, in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. We'll see how much yeah. uh, friction there is in this uh, in this House and Senate proceeding.
2: Um, finally, guys, to wrap this up on Jack, I mean, also, I'd, I asked the question a number of times, would he ever consider leaving? Uh, and universally, the answer was no way. He's not leaving China. Um, you know, he has homes around the world, of course, does Mr. Ma. Um, Jim. Here's a name that you and I talked about a few weeks ago when Elliot came at them, and it's uh, public storage, and I wanted to get to it, because you had some thoughts on it at the time. Um, They went after six directors. They got two. They're in a nice agreement. Uh, They've got a new um, lead independent uh, director at the company as well, Uh, and um, they've got a committee now put together that's going to focus on the long-term strategy, planning, growth, capital allocation priorities, and capital structure management for the company they wanted them to uh invest more that's you know it's kind of funny when an activist comes along and say you're not investing enough in your business and at least they appear to have gotten some success there reaching that agreement uh did elliott and public storage only weeks after they first came public with their letter
3: yeah and i would tell you that joe uh russell uh the president ceo is uh is saying that he's happy with these new board members and happy with the uh, Corporate governance been some shifting lead director changes. I, I, I think that Elliot, one of the things I think people don't realize, David, and they've got to start realizing it, Elliott does a gigantic amount of work when they come in. And I think they're often very compelling, which is why my chapel trust owns one right now that they're uh, Crown Castle. And I think they've made some very compelling arguments about what Crown Castle should do. This is a company that's that's involved with uh, real estate investment trust. It's involved in towers. And I think the L.A. work has been magnificent. Uh, So I think that you might uh, unique position. uh, You have a unique perspective, David, because I know that you have interviewed the company. They don't come in idly. They have a good plan. And a lot of times I think management say, hey, that's a good idea. Correct.
2: Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is they've changed their approach to a certain extent, and they certainly can't be thought of as just a one one trick pony. Uh, And in this case, I pointed out because it is rare, I think, that you see an activist say you're not investing enough. Uh, But that is the case here to your (laughs) point. Uh, We want you to actually invest more, uh, open more locations. Uh, better locations, spend more dollars in terms of that. They also are claiming there's more diversity on the board now. The two added directors, by the way, both women. Uh, they're going to have an investor day in May, uh, and they turned over five seats on the board. So um, they feel like they've given them a strong endorsement to exploit what ours, already their advantages, Jim, and you've talked about, of course, the enviable position of the company overall.
3: But, David, I think you're right. You hit on with something that's very important. Activists We've always known that they've exhausted the playbook. They ought to spin this off. They ought to return this. No, here's a new one. They ought to fix their governance and and put more money in the business. David, you could argue this could be something radical. It may be the way people going forward who are activists say, which is, you know what? Well, you guys are great, but you know, a little more governance, just new people, diversity, uh, spend more money. I mean, it's an unbelievable playbook. I think it's the playbook that you, that a new CEO put, might put in. I, I always thought Russell was doing a new decent job. Just got there, but wow! If this is the way of the future, then you're going to not have a lot of anger to report on. You're going to be talking about harmony.
2: <laughs> we'll see. Not quite sure we're there yet, Carl. When it comes to harmony between activists and the companies they go after,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a that'll be a big story if and when it ever happens. Uh guys getting a little bit of a spike in crude approaching yesterday's high and a lot of the big gainers are energy related. Let's get to Bob Pasani. Hey Bob.
4: Hello. Good morning. Uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. You know, this is what is so frustrating for investors. We had a 100 point swing in the S&P 500 yesterday. In the S&P, 100-point swing, a notable down day, and what do we get? Nothing. No follow-through at all. No clear trading pattern. No momentum one way or another. This makes it very difficult. We twisted ourselves into pretzels yesterday, trying to explain the thinking of the trading community, and yet today, it's like it didn't exist at all. So what happens today? As Carl mentioned, energy makes a comeback. Well, it was flattish yesterday, but look, all of the sort of cyclical stuff, reopening stuff, the energy, materials, industrials, banks, they're all the stuff that's moving up. Even REITs, which had a terrible day yesterday, moves up. Try to explain this in terms of of momentum or investor sentiment. It's very difficult. Tech is flattish, by the way. One thing that is moving, and almost every single day is emerging markets. The weak dollar is really helping these emerging markets. That's always been a classic relationship, but it's very noticeable. Here's the simple one to look at, uh, the largest uh, emerging market ETF, which uh, is very heavily weighted towards Asia and parts of China as well. This is the highest level since 2007 for this. 2007, remember that? That was uh, the uh, baht crisis, the Asian tigers. Remember all that? Well, I was there. Most of you weren't, but it was traumatic. Now you see the big moves up again. So Emerging markets is a very, very big theme for 2021. Uh, in terms of the market risk, well, nothing's really changed. We talked about this yesterday. We, we t- tore ourselves into, into pretzels trying to explain this. So, concerns about the Democrats controlling the Senate. We'll get an answer to that pretty quickly. Uh, concerns about the slow vaccine rollout. Uh, concerns that that may have a impact on, a, on the economy, a slower economic recovery. And most importantly, concerns about disappointing earnings. There's been some very vague fears about inflation in the second half, that recovering growth and the high debt levels would drive bond yields higher, but that's really pretty far off. I just want to show you the earnings situation because the market is anticipating a second quarter reopening. And you could just see it in the numbers. So here's the fourth quarter, $36. This is the S&P 500, the quarterly numbers. And you see how it just creeps up and starts really popping in the second quarter. And the third quarter, it really starts popping. What's it all mean? They're talking about 30 to 35% earnings higher in 2020 one than twenty twenty and the numbers would be record in terms of total dollar amounts. And those are just The actual numbers, the whisper numbers, are much higher than this. The market is anticipating a major rollout, and here you see it for you uh, in black and white. And that's why, with the prices this high and the expectations this high, there's a lot of risk in the market. Finally, I just want to mention this rather strange decision. Uh, And David mentioned this uh, about the New York Stock Exchange reversing its delisting decision. Now, it had decided right around New Year's that it was going to delist three China telecom companies, China Mobile, China Unicom, and China Telecom. They said they decided not to delist it. The only explanation they gave was in light of further consultation with relevant regulatory authorities. I have pestered them. They have declined to provide any further guidance on what their decision-making is. But I think the answer probably here is that Treasury was the one who promulgated the regulations at the request of the president, and it's not exactly clear whether companies should be delisted or not delisted. I think it's probably clear that to the NYSE, it's not clear that those three companies should necessarily have been delisted. A strange about face, Carl, uh, on that. But that seems to be the obvious explanation. There's a lot of room for interpretation here. And so you see the bounce from these three companies. And certainly the NYSE is uh, happy not to antagonize a big listing partner, the Chinese government, for any future listings. Carl, back to you.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll be looking for some more uh, background on that, Bob. Thanks, uh, Bob Pisani. When we come back, we're going to get to Kramer's investment themes for 2021. First, though, get a look at the bond report today, uh, see how treasuries are faring this morning. Yields are on the rise across the board. We're going to get ISM manufacturing at the top of the hour. In the U.K., the pound stabilizing as Prime Minister Johnson announces that third national lockdown last night due to COVID, of course. And we'll finish with a look at a three-year chart of the dollar index. You can see what's happened to the greenback uh, over the past uh, year or so. We'll be right back. Jim, you said uh, in recent uh, days that it's time to think thematically for 2021. And then last night on MAD, you started talking about specific themes like travel and leisure,
3: Look, I have not liked travel and leisure. I know that uh, people have been liking the cruise lines, but they're still finished pretty much at the bottom of the S&P others this oils. I think it's time to start thinking about people going somewhere, and that means Boeing. Boeing also dovetails with the notion that maybe we have an olive branch to China. Uh, bunch of, We had a very negative piece yesterday from Bernstein talking about Dreamliner sales lagging. Well, don't worry about that, because if we get a return to travel and leisure, we're going to see something very good there. I like Airbnb. I've seen some neutral notes saying that maybe there's not enough supply. That will cure itself. So I think that a great focus is travel and leisure. After taking a real breather, some people say, well, why didn't you call the bottom? Will you give me a break? I mean, travel and leisure is really in the hands of the vaccine. But it's time. It's time to be thinking about these, and I think Boeing is the best way to play it.
1: Uh, yeah, Airbnb gets another, I think, initiation this morning out of city uh, 165, which was, I think, the opening day high, Jim. But are you parsing aviation versus yeah. cruises versus hotels?
3: Well, I just think the problem with cruises is we don't know the numbers yet about, what, uh, 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 about the tickets sold. But I think it's going to surprise us. People love cruising, and it's not going to stop. I think there's, you're going to find out that there's a lot of people who are just chomping at the bit to go into a cruise. Uh, and the one that I've always felt had the best uh, profile in terms of the balance sheet is Norwegian Cruise. Uh, they're doing well. Uh, but I, they're doing well considering, I mean, look, it's doing well considering nobody's cruising. Uh, but I think people are starting to position themselves for travel. I also think that the Uber call from Deutsche Bank, very good call. That's travel. And we know there's a consolidation with DoorDash from, uh, about the uh, delivery system, which I think is going to be very good. So I say you got to focus on this group. It's too attractive to avoid.
1: Uh, yeah, the Uber Needham's uh, top pick for the year is Uber Jim, and their 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 logic is basically if COVID uh, is has resurgence. Uh, then you can fall back on Eats. If COVID actually does get uh, overcome, then rides take off and that they've got a nice sort of symmetry to whichever way the year turns out.
3: I really like that. I think that's a great way to put it. And I, I was looking for stocks that I think do well regardless of what happens. And there you go. That does well regardless of what happens, including with, with Georgia. Digitization, a, a continual theme. Um, my thought has always been there. NVIDIA and uh, AMD. Healthcare, new theme. Here, it's HCA. couple of upgrades today. Why the Democrats, they like healthcare. Uh, this is one, by the way, that would actually take off if we saw Georgia go Democrat.
1: Interesting. Uh, we're going to, I think we're going to get an answer to that but maybe tomorrow morning. Uh, Jim, we'll see. It's going to be a lot easier than I election so. night. We will take a short break here. As the markets have reversed some of that early pre-market weakness, Dow's up 100
2: There's going to be a change at the top of Qualcomm. Long time. Well, not that long. CEO Steve Molenkoff, seven years at that top job. Going to step down in June to be replaced by the man at the bottom there, Cristiano Amon, currently the president of Qualcomm. Now it's also its CEO-elect. Both gentlemen will be uh, our guests uh, coming up at the top of the hour.
1: Let's get to gym and stop trading.
3: I can't underestimate what a huge scoop David had about Jack Ma. Everyone's been talking about it, but during this period... When Jack Ma seems to have gotten in trouble with the government, JD.com has surfaced as the best way to play China. JD.com remains on fire. Why? Because they are a similar situation, Amazon-like, and they haven't run afoul of the government. So it's almost like a changing of the guard. There's Alibaba, a really great company, doing terrifically, but with someone affiliated with a challenge of the PRC. And then JD.com, which is doing really terrifically, and no no, uh, challenge to the PRC. So look at J.D.com to be the one, even when the smoke clears after David's excellent scoop, that the uh, big institutions are going to want to gravitate to. Now that China seems like it's gotten a green light from the NYSE and, I believe, from President-elect Biden, who certainly is not going to go to, go to uh, let's say, uh, financial war with China the way uh, President Trump has.
1: Yeah, there's a few moving pieces there on the China story for sure. Uh, Jim, we're going to watch that. Should I be checking in with you on What's Tonight?
3: Yeah, we got Planet Fitness. Uh, I, I think that this is one of those at the beginning of the year you make resolutions. But do you make a resolution versus worry about getting COVID? Well, I think Chris Rondo's done a lot to be able to make it so that that can't happen. But with these numbers, I don't know. I mean, I want to be in shape. I don't want to get sick. Are they contradictory? I think that Chris Rondo has got a way to be able to do it so you're not sick. But let's see what he has to say.
1: Yeah, uh, let's hope so, Jim. Uh, we'll see you tonight. Nice to all be back. Uh, Good hour. Uh, We'll see you at Mad Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern Time with Jim Cramer. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will.